Good morning. I am glad you're here. We're going to just jump right into God's Word today. If Pastor Keith doesn't get strangled in the process with my mic, I'm telling you what. I'd always think I got that thing just right and that thing was pulling and you want to go, mercy, let me go. Okay. Hey, turn to the back. We're going to look at different scriptures today. I'm going to talk about God's control. We're doing a series that we're finishing up today. You can go on the web and listen to this, but it's focus God's control for your life. I want to start it this way. From a very young age, we are conditioned or we condition those we love about control. The illustration would be the little infant. The infant cries just incessantly. They're just pitching a fit. And what do mom and dad do? They run into the nursery and they bring out precious one. Unless it's a 300th time, then they're not precious one. And you bring out that child and it conditions you that when it cries, it wants control. And all throughout life, we deal with this control issue. And some of us are control freaks. We won't name any names, Keith. And, uh, and some aren't control. But we think we have control, but we really don't have control. See, ultimately, God is the great source, the great power. He's in control of his world and everything in it. But for some reason, we have been lulled to sleep. We somehow think that we, uh, we desire control. Somehow, when we think we get some control, we think we're in control, but we're really not. Like, uh, here's one. We like to fight over the remote. If you're a man, you got a male gene, you know what it is. You do not want to watch TV, men, do you, without a remote. And all the men said, he's telling the truth. I tell you what, I, I, you know, at our house, you know, we got the remote and Donna coming in. We sit on the couch, you know, whatever, you know, we sit there watching a little TV and uh, she gets up. I, I got to slow her and get it. But see, every time she leaves the room, I change the channel. I got to go to another show, ESPN. I got to see what's happening. And then we come back to the show. Hey, baby, what's going on? You know what I'm saying? It's just a man thing. You know, we, we like to multitask. And they're like, what are you doing? I'm holding a remote. And every once in a while, I'm real godly. I give her the remote. Here, here's another one. We're driving down the road, men and women. And you're driving your car. And you think you're in control. But you have another that tells you how to drive. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Uh-huh. And so who's really in control? You just, they, just think you, they just let you think you are. But, you know, that control thing. But I love what Carrie Underwood, she made it big on this song. Jesus, take the wheel. Because we need to give the wheel to Jesus, but we're holding on to it. Well, as I talk about this thing today, you, hey, here's another one. I'm thinking about moms. Uh, he, he, did your mom ever say this to you? I know I had it said to me. My mom got killed when I was nine years old. She said it a bunch before I turned nine. Keith, can't you control yourself? Did anybody ever hear that from your mama or your daddy besides me? You're lying and you know it. Go to school. Can't you control yourself? Probably some control. I ain't got no control. Help me, Jesus, you know? Well, here it is. We want to talk about God's control in our life. We're going to look at some biblical uh, scriptural mandates that God's going to try to help us get this because the problem with control is we never really are in control. We only think we're in control. Over in the Word of God, I'm going to read it from the message, the the. Uh, I believe it's like the, uh, the 40th chapter in a minute. We're going to talk about this thing. But I want you to think about this. We think we're in control and we lose it. It's like a, in your family situation, Don and I are very into budgeting. We, we came into marriage like that. We had studied under Larry Burkett, the great uh, man of faith and finances, and then Ron Ballou, and now in recent years, Dave Ramsey. And we teach Financial Peace uh, University here at Christ Community. And we like to allocate our funds and our money goes to tithe first and it goes beyond the walls and house payment and all this kind of stuff. And you, you, you name your dollars. That's, that's a good plan. You want to do that. But here's what I've learned. Even when you think you got control, you really ain't got control. It's really about his control. Because you know what happens at our house and yours? Things tear up. 
House needs repairs. Car tears up. Can you believe that kids get sick? How dare them do that without asking you moms and dads? It just happens. And what does it do to a budget? It takes it out of balance, out of control. Well, God wants to teach us that he is the controlling force and power for our life. And we need to learn to yield and surrender and say, God, I might learn how to budget and do some courses at church that could really help me. But, Lord, I want to trust you. I heard this quote on a sign. You make God laugh when you tell him your plans. God, we're going to do this. And I know God in heaven goes, we're going to see who's in control, brother. Well, let me give you a word. Proverb nineteen twenty one. Write it down. Many are the plans in a man's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. The Lord God Almighty. His purpose will not be twisted, maligned. His purpose will not be thwarted. His purpose will prevail in your life with you or without you because God is in control. He's a sovereign king. He's got it all under his hands. So this control thing is an illusion. It's a mirage at best. Matter of fact, I I just remembered, I I need some car keys. Somebody give me some car keys quick. Just John Mark, throw them to me quick, brother. I hope they're big. Oh, somebody, here here we go. Give me another one. That's, here it is. It's good. Hey, we got any more? Here you go, brother. No, hey, let me get a basket. We're going to just take them up and sell cars. We want to meet budget next month. You got a nice one. No. You know why I got this? This is an illustration. I want everybody to take out your keys. Now, John Mark, you're going to just have to let me trust you here. And, brother, I'm going to give these back to you because I want everybody to get your keys. Everybody get your keys out. It's going to be Jingle Bell. It's Christmas. Jingle Bell. No, I'm just teasing. Here we go. Get your keys out. Illustration. This will this will speak to you. Somebody, like, I didn't bring my keys. All right, walk home. See, with these keys, I can drive somebody's vehicle. I can get in their house or office. With these keys, I'm in control, I think. But here's what I want us to do. I want us to take the keys of our life, the keys of our heart, and let's give them to King Jesus. Let's just give him the keys and the control of our life because he's really in control. Here, brother, thank you. All right, so keys, control. You say, man, I want control. I had control. My wife took it from me. I had control. My kid got it. Well, man, that's just like, because surrender is a problem. I want to give you a message truth. This is really good. Relinquishing control of our obsessions and giving control in our lives to the Holy Spirit. Somehow, we take control, but we shouldn't. And God wants us to submit, surrender, yield, control back to Him. Those things that we obsess about, that we fixate on. In this room, there's so many things that we're captivated by we are enamored with these thoughts we're thinking this and that and i gotta take control but i want to give you the first point i want you to get ready to write quickly surrender is better because he will let me go my own way if i choose to see god will he he loves us so much and he gives us free will that we can willingly get our way out of his will we can willingly go our own way god will allow us to do that That's why worship is so critical because in worship, you and I choose to worship Him. You and I choose to elevate Him above the things of our heart and our lives. But we choose to worship. We choose to come into the house of the Lord. We choose to do the things that honor Jesus Christ. Now, God wants your attention and mine. And one of the biggest ways he does that is he says, give me control, yield it over to me. Proverbs chapter 14, 
Verse 12. New contemporary version says it this way. Some people think they're doing right, but in the end, it leads to death. See, it's all going to end up leading down a dark road, and it's going to lead to death eventually. And we think, oh, but I'm thinking this, or I'm thinking that, or I'm in control. You're not in control, friend. You, you've just fooled yourself. You just, like, uh, uh, have you ever done this? You ever bought anything? And then you start making them payments on it, $13.95, $29.95, 30, and 20 months into it, you're like, what was I thinking? Stupidity. Hey, does anybody in this room like info commercials besides me? No, you need to raise your hands because if you don't, you're hypocrites because they, somebody's watching them. You, if you don't sleep at night and you just flip to the channels, there's an info commercial. Have abs like this, have steel, have this gadget, have this CD, have this. I mean, they can, and you know what? I'm tempted. Now, I don't get out credit cards and I don't go call, but every once in a while I'll get in this weak spot and I'm thinking, you know, I think I need one of them. And that's what they're hoping. And some of you are like, where were you, where were you last week, Pastor? I got in trouble. Well, the principle is God wants control. Now, I want you to write, I want you to take your worship guide, take your notes, and I want you to draw an oval around this principle because I want you to tattoo this. I want you to tether your heart to the truth that I'm going to give you right now. When I... Or when you and I back off, God moves in. When we back off from the situation, when we back off from holding it, when we back off from controlling it, then God invades. God comes into space and time. God comes to take lead and leadership in the given situation. Now, for some of you are going, man, I, I want to be in control. Well, that's our problem. We want to be in control, but yet Jesus says, I want you to bow to me. I want you to surrender. So the principle is, when you and I back off, God moves in. How many of you this morning, you need God to come into your space. You need God to come in and invade your finances. You need God to invade your relationships. You need him to invade your sales or lack of sales. You need him to invade your schoolwork. And all the kids that could be here, but they're not here, they would go, hey, man, I need help. You know what I'm saying? But we won't control. And God says, no, I'm not going to give it to you. The second thing is this. Surrender is the only real path to real peace. Surrender is the only path that God has for real peace in life. In Psalm chapter 4, verse 8 from the New Living Translation, I'm going from different translations today. He says, I will lie down and sleep for you alone, O Lord. You will keep me safe. You know what I'm learning? A lot of people don't sleep well, and they take all kinds of medications to help them. And the other day on the Today Show, there was all these specials about sleep and how to get right patterns and what to do. And we're a fretting, anxious, way down society. And the scripture is, we need to write this scripture on an index. We need to put it on our coffee table or right beside our bed. And we need to wake up and turn on the flashlight or turn on the light or whatever. And we just need to read it and go, God, I will lie down and sleep in peace. Because, Lord, you alone are in charge. Lord, I trust in you. But what happens is we're trusting in our control. We're going to fix it. Something happened at the office. Something happened at school. The dog ate your homework. I mean, everybody's always playing that one. Poor dog. We always blame everything on the dog. But, you know, somebody did something to me, and we're saying, but I want control. But God wants to be the ultimate place of control. It's like... People in the last few years have been losing retirements right and left. And as people are aging, I know I'm aging now, but as people have gotten into those retirement years, it's a little scary. They had this nest egg. They had this situation. They had planned because that's scriptural. But somehow they've been attacked through the economy and the recession, and their money's not there. So when they thought they were going to be in control in their golden years, they're not so golden, and they don't have that money. You know what it teaches me? We need to look to the Lord God Almighty. He's in control of his earth. Hallelujah. 
You're saying, man, brother, preach it, man. We need it. We'll come to your house and eat. But here's the deal. We need to trust God. Lord, you alone are in charge. We strive, though. I strive. Oh, I want control. Somehow if I get control, it'll go my way. You know what I'm learning about being a pastor? The more control I think I got, the less I really got. You know, I mean, it just, and, and this is the way with everything in life. We, we strive and we try to manipulate. And we try to coerce and we try to do this. And ultimately God says, I just want control. And Carrie would just say, Jesus, take the wheel. I know that's a great country music song, but I just love that song. I know all y'all like country music, so let's just get on over it. So you have a hard time sleeping. Your mind's racing. It's anxious trust in Christ because there's just things outside your control. We're going through some things at the church right now. The leadership team met. And we're doing this and that. And we're just ultimately realizing, God, you're in control of your church. Lord, you've got to order the steps of our path. And we'll follow you. We trust in you. We release our anxieties. We give you control. There's an old cliche, and I bet you can finish it. Let go. Oh, wait a minute. You heard it. Let go. Don't you hate it? But it's true. Let go. Take your fingers off. Relinquish surrender, yield, give it to him, and let God work. When we back off, God moves in. That's the truth. Man, I tell you what, when I, I have to, I'll preach this message, this is the second time today, and what I'll do is then I'll listen to it on CD because I want to make sure that I can get this message right. I want to I get this truth in my spirit, and I hope you'll say, God, if I back off, you'll move in. I want you to listen to Isaiah chapter 40 from the message. Why would you ever complain, O Jacob, or whine? Israel saying, God has lost track of me. He doesn't care what happens to me. Don't you know anything? Haven't you been listening? God doesn't come and go. God lasts. He's creator of all you can see or imagine. He doesn't get tired out. He doesn't pause to catch his breath. Praise the Lord. I added that. I just want you to know that. And he knows everything inside and out. He energizes those who get tired. He gives fresh strength to the dropouts. For even young people tire and drop out, and young folk in their prime stumble and fall. But those who wait upon the Lord, they get fresh strength. They spread their wings and they soar like eagles. They run and they don't get tired. They walk and they don't lag behind, says Isaiah 40. Aren't you glad that God never lags behind? Aren't you glad that God never poops out? He never tires out. He never sleeps. He never slumbers. He's in control of his universe. And when the situation hit in Haiti, God was right there in ruling, enthroning power. I don't totally understand, and I've studied about evil and all suffering and all this, but all I know is life is not fair, and fairness ended in the garden, and it won't be made right till we get to the supper of the Lamb. But in this world, we need to look to God because God is good. He's good. Bless his name, church. Bless the name of God. You're, you Man, you've got a bad report to the doctor. You've got a bad situation, but he's still good. He's still in control. You're not in control, and you're thinking, well, but, but I thought I was in control. Well, have an eager anticipation to wait on him. And the third point is, surrender is when I realize he can do things that I cannot do. I like that one. God, you can do the supersized God stuff that only I think about, only that I dream about, only that I wished I could do. But God, you are God and I am not. And God, I will choose to trust you today and tomorrow because I like what Romans 8.28 says. You know this verse, but I want you to listen. And we know that in all things, God works for good of those who love God and they're called according to the purpose for them. But I want you to underline a circle. It says that God does what? 
God works. God energizes. If you're a Christ follower, if Jesus Christ dwells in you as Savior and Lord, God fills you. God controls you at some point. God works in you, and God works. And this morning, we've been running out of control and trying to take the control of our life, and God says, I want control. I'm the king. I'm the Lord. I'm the master. Let me have control. Only God can do that. But, you know, some will say, oh, surrender. It's a sign of weakness. It is not. It's a sign of humility. It's a sign of brokenness. It's a sign that I say, I will trust in the one who gives this life for me. I will trust in the one who gives me strength. But somehow, struggle should always lead to surrender. You're struggling this morning with a situation. I don't know what your situation is. But that struggle, that tension point, should lead ultimately to surrender where you yield to the control of God, of Christ Jesus in your life. You can see, here's what's happened this morning. Some of you have crawled into a pit that you dug. You made some poor choices, and you're living with the consequences of your sin. Doesn't mean God doesn't love you. Doesn't mean God can have mercy. Doesn't mean God doesn't forgive you. But it means you made some mistakes. You sought some wrong counsel. You tried to control your own life. And you can get out of that pit with God's help because you back off, and God begins to move in, and he fills the void. He fills the empty space. When I think about the Savior in the Garden of Gethsemane, there he was. He had the weight of the world on his mind, on his heart. And Jesus uh, comments these words, not my will, but thy will be done. See, he knew right then he was under the control of the Father, and he wanted the Father's glory and the Father's will to come to his life. Jesus, the second part of the Trinity, he was under the control of God. And I think, I'm not in the Trinity. I'm in Christ, you're in Christ, I mean, he's in us, but I'm not the Trinity, you're not the Trinity. And he submits and he wants God's will. He wants God's control. To, to Look at the bottom statement. It says, to give God control means to deny myself and to promote him. John 3.30 says, he must increase. I must decrease. I pray that all the time for my life. I'm always praying, Lord, I want less of me and more of you. Or Lord Jesus, come in your power and your glory. I'm crucified with Christ. And yet I live Christ controlling, Christ conquering, Christ captivating, Christ energizing. That's what God wants in our life. But I want to just say this to you today. Have you called out to Abba? Have you called out to the Father? Have you called out to Dad? Or have you tried to bottle your pain? Have you tried to bury that pain with medications and alcohol and prescriptions and relationships and all kind of stuff? Or you say, no, God, I'm going to offer it to you. Because Jesus says... He's gentle and humble at heart. His love endures forever. Have you ever been abandoned? In this place, many people have been abandoned by a mate. They've been abandoned by somebody to the grave. They've been abandoned by a relationship. And I like what Jesus said. Never will I leave you nor forsake you. It's the words of Christ. Have you ever had your future ruined and things tanked and they went south and life didn't add up and you thought there's no prosperity, there's no hope, there's no future for me? Well, God comes in and he speaks a word from Jeremiah and he says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. I plans to prosper you and not to harm you, but plans to give you a hope and a future. See, our future is in the hands, our destiny is in the hands of Almighty God. Do you believe that today, church? 
whether we have an earthquake or a hurricane or a tornado or death or disease or pain or whatever famine or whatever comes, God is in control. He's God. He's creator. He's redeemer. He's friend. And the God that I know, he's reliable. He's trustworthy. Praise God, he's not temperamental. And he's not moody. He is constant. The Bible would say it this way. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So when you surrender to God, when you surrender control to him, somehow you think you have control, but now I'm trying to convince you that you don't really have control. You just thought you had it. It was just an illusion. And you yield afresh and continually to him. There's peace. There's joy. And you say, Lord Jesus, come and lead. Come and take control. Lead in my life, Lord God. Take control, Lord. I don't know what I've been trying to think because I've been trying to be in control and you never meant me to be in control, but you want me to rest in the one that has control. Do you know that's what the Sabbath is all about? The Sabbath is about a day of rest. It's about a day of worship. It's about a day of celebration. And it's about a day of aligning our priorities with him and our hearts and our allegiance. And we say, Lord Jesus, take control. Because somehow on Wednesday or Thursday or this morning or yesterday, I took control And there's only one person to be in control. So the question is, who has control of your life? you got to answer that. Everybody has to answer it individually. Who's in control? Oh, but I believe. Oh, but I love God. Well, the Bible says even the demons believe. It's not enough. But Lord Jesus, take over, take control. See, the devil knows where to push us, where to tempt us. If you look over in Genesis chapter 3, verses 1 through through 5, and he begins to speak to us, and there's a passage that says, but did God really say... He's still using that trick today. Did God really say this? Yes, God spoke. And he says, hey, you're forbidden to, to taste of this tree of good and evil. And he, and, but he, he just begins to speak there. And yet, over in Genesis, all the way to today, we're finding that somehow we want to assume and take control. And God says, no, it's my control. It's my lordship. It's my reigning in your life where we trust in him. Now, there's four steps, and I don't know how you're going to do this, but turn your notes to the side, okay? And I want you to write four steps here about how to give up control. Because I'm convinced for you and for me that we like control. This morning, if I had people stand up in the room and said, tell me if you like control, and you were honest, most of us would stand up and go, yeah, I'm in control. I know I am. Just ask me, okay? That's good. I wonder what you're going to go through next week. Let you know you're not in control. In Luke chapter 18, verses 35, I just want you to look at the Word of God. Look at Luke 18. I've loved this passage. One time I preached on it in Mexico, and I go to the friend. They call him Bartimeo, Bartimeo, and that's Bartimaeus in the English. But listen to what the Word says. As Jesus approached Jericho, a blind man was sitting by the roadside begging. And when he heard the crowd going by, he asked, what was happening? They told him, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. And he called out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And those who led the way rebuked him and told him to be quiet. But he shouted all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and he ordered the man to be brought to him. And when he came near, Jesus asked him, what do you want me to do for you? Lord, I want to see, replied. And Jesus said to him, receive your sight. Your faith has healed you. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus, praising God. When all the people saw that, They also praised God. Now, here's what I want to talk to us about real quickly. Step one, if you want to give up control, 
you got to call out to God. Bartimaeus was in trouble. He was blind from birth. And he cried out to God. He cried out to Jesus Christ. And this morning, some people will not cry out because of pride and humiliation and ego. And the best thing that Rick Warren ever said about ego is E-G-O. Edge God out. God wants no part of that. God wants to be in the center because when we move out, God moves in. So Bartimaeus teaches you and I this morning a very simple principle. You want to give Christ control, you want to give up control, you cry out to God. God, take control of my life. I beg people to do that every weekend. Give their life to Jesus. Just give him control. The second step is this. Admit you have a need. Bartimaeus had no problem. He couldn't see. He was blind. He's like, man, I don't don't see so well. Matter of fact, I I don't see at all. And Jesus heard the cry of Bartimaeus, and he says, I want to see, Jesus. I want to see. Now, I'm asking you this morning, what is it you want Jesus to do? What are you verbalizing because you're powerless until you cry out, until you admit you got a need? And this morning you go, but I want control. Well, control's not up. God's not going to give you control. He wants to have a lordship. He wants to be over you. But there's so many things that God does want to do if we'll just trust. In a moment of humility, cry out to him. Um, but we cry this, oh, God, bless the plan. God, I got a plan. I'll give you the plan. God, bless the plan. God's like, but I'm not in the plan. I want control. He has control. The third step is this. Place your trust in Jesus. Completely surrender, yield, align, commit, dedicate yourself wholeheartedly to Jesus Christ and go, Lord, I give you control. See, Bartimaeus got his sight that day. He got physical sight. That was pretty awesome. But he got something greater than his physical sight. He got spiritual vision. He got vision to see things as they really were. He got vision to see the kingdom of God because Christ touched him. And this morning I'm praying, oh God, open up the skies of heaven and come, God, and touch the people in this room. And here's the fourth one. You just simply give God control. How do you give up control? You give it over to him. And for me, I don't know about you, I have to do that all the time because I want to somehow get back in the chair and I want to run the situation. And God's like, but I want control. And I'm learning as a pastor, I'm learning as a fellow Christ follower, when we submit to him, he takes control. So what are you putting your trust in today? Well, I'm putting it in my intellect. I'm putting it in my abilities. I'm putting it in my gifts. I'm putting it in my relationships. I'm putting it in my money. I'm putting it in my membership. I'm putting it in my baptism. All those are good things, but they're not the final thing. Will you put your control in the hands of the one that loves you? Will you trust in him? Will you uh, say, but God, I want to control my neighbor. Does anybody want to control their neighbor but me? You can't control your neighbor. You're saying, I want to control my wife. I want to control my husband. I want to control my son. I want to control this. You can't do it. It's God's control. God's control is in the house. Yesterday, I got a call from a friend a young man that I played baseball with 30-something years ago at Robert E. Lee. He had the best curveball that's ever come out of this city, I'm convinced. He'd throw a curve, and it would loop around your body. It was amazing. His wife went to Troy with me, and she used to call me and catch a ride back down. I got the word yesterday that uh, John's got stage 4 pancreatic cancer. And once again, you know, it's another week, and I'm sitting here talking to somebody about death because death is inevitable. Control is inevitable that you and I somehow want it. 
But there is a rescuer, a redeemer, and he wants control. And all I know is whether we have a huge storm this afternoon or we just make it through another storm and we watch the weather channel and we see the storm somewhere else, God is on the throne. And that gives me peace. And it'll give you peace if you trust in Christ and Him alone. Jesus said it one day like this. He said it best. I'm the way and the truth and the life and nobody comes to the Father but by me. We're going to have to face that reality. And I hope we've put our trust completely in Christ. I hope this morning you've been somehow persuaded and convinced by the power of God to put your faith in the one that loves you and died for you and is coming back for you again. Hallelujah. And you go, God, I want to abide in you. I want to trust you, Jesus. Take control. Be the CEO. Be the president. Be the uh, Lord. Be the master of my life. I've made a mockery out of it. I've messed it up. That's the good news of grace. Every weekend I find some way to come back and brag about grace. Because grace is what keeps us. And grace is what sustains us. And grace is what will lead us home to the Father. The grace of Jesus. So this morning I just encourage you. I'm going to invite people to move off over to the sides of the room. Just take a walk. And open up to the Savior. He's here. He's knocking. And I think he's telling every one of us, I want control. If you'll take your hands off and you'll move out, I'll move in. And it'll be much better with Jesus. Lord God, right now, I beg you in faith, would you take control of me? And would you take control of every person that hears my voice? And can we make a fresh surrender today? I pray some would put their faith in Jesus Christ. They would cry out to the one that shed their blood for them and say, Jesus Christ, today save me. Today take control of my life. I give you my life. Give me your life in exchange. And Jesus most assuredly will meet you in and he'll invade and he'll come into your life right now and he'll make you a new creation. Wow, it's grace. I beg people to do that. Slide over to the cross and share with an elder. There's a prayer room over here on the side. They'll take you in there, but just do business with Jesus. He is God, and we're not. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray this prayer. Amen.